another episode of Behind the Sport. Brent is back with us for this episode. How are you, Brent? Yeah, fantastic. Um, just flat out working on race cars, trying to keep them all going and, uh, you know, uh, trying not to get too far ahead on some of the projects. We've got too much stuff going on. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. We're, um, we're having a bit of a back and forth on uh, Facebook about um, putting some young, some of the young kids into some cars and, you know, I think I think we need to make that happen. What do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon I need to buy some more. <laughs> I, don't, I just think the, uh, you know, if we did like the the setup, so, you know, like with, uh, who are we talking about? So we had Andy Malkin, um, we had Chase Hoy in the mix, we had uh, Anthony Jewell, and tonight's guest, uh, who is Alex Newton in the mix as well, to chuck in like four bangers at the track. Um, we've got the the Viper, uh, the R thirty two. What's the other one that you you're working on? Oh, the Renault's what I should be working on because that's the one I want to do Target okay. with. So throw that in there, but that's slow compared to you know like the Skylines or the drift car or the, the, the Viper and um, I still want a Porsche. That's the one car that me and the yeah. wife don't agree on. She doesn't like them. Um, yeah. Porsche is a bit of a acquired taste, I think. Yeah. I just think if you want a car that you can do a lot of work in, you know, like a yeah. lot of laps uh, and, and fast laps. So um, I think, you know, a 997 um, series one or two, if you've got the, you know, if you're a bit more flush and you want the paddles then, yeah, I think they're yeah. um, bang for buck. Um, yeah, they're, they're a good option. TA2 cars obviously a good option as well, but I think the Porsches do do it a lot easier. Oh, TA, TA2, that was the other one? Yeah, I want one you're of them. You're talking about TA2. So TA2, Porsche, Viper, and uh, the R32. Throw, throw four, four of these young guns into them give them a qualifying session in each car and then line them up on the grid in reverse um, four races for each car and see how they go. Yeah, no, it's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, why don't you keep him uh, sitting there silent for much longer? Mr. Alex Newton, how are you today? Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate uh, you having me on today. Um, not too bad. Just another long day at work. And then pennies, and yeah, on yeah. here having a chat with you blokes. And you've been out racing recently, um, and um, how, how'd you go? Yeah, so uh, recently I was um, out racing in um, Brent's uh, four-door XL, actually. I was very lucky to be given the keys to that and send that out for a weekend. Um, I'd say I had, I had a decent weekend. I didn't put a whole lot of expectation on the weekend. It was just go out there, bring the car back in one piece and, and enjoy myself. Um, and then to, to walk away with a couple of PBs and uh, PB for the car and my best result at uh, Wanneroo of sixth place overall. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better weekend. Um, so, so tell me, how did you get involved with motorsport? Where did you start with motorsport? Uh, well, I've only been well racing since last season. So, do you want me to go back from there, or right back to when it began my enjoyment for motorsport? 
Well, you can start with your enjoyment of motorsport because obviously you've you've well as you've just said you've only been racing for the last two seasons, and well this season last season, and you you most definitely have not come from a any sort of standard background to go racing. So tell us, yeah, tell us your, your love of motorsport. Where did it start? Uh, well, it started way back in the, uh, the late nineties. So 99, um, I was only nine years of age. My grandfather, um, took me down to the old, uh, indoor cart hire in O'Connor. Um, and yeah, so I started there at the age of nine. Basically, it became every Friday night, um, you know, uh, appointment type thing. I used to go there every Friday and just do half an hour. Pop would run down to the TAB, put his bets on, and then um, yeah, come back up and just watch me um, go around the racetrack. So um, yeah, basically, I did that every Friday night. Geez, right up till yeah, at least I was in my teens. Um, and then had a couple of times going to Wanneroo. Um, did go back to Claremont when it was around. Uh, I don't remember a lot of Claremont. Um, it was a little bit early. Um, but I do do kind of remember going there in the late 90s, vaguely. Um, so, yeah, so it probably started at Claremont and then you yeah, went go-karting. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I just grew a love for it from there and just followed the, the V8 supercars um, as they were known back then. Um, yeah, religiously, just every weekend or whenever time it was on, I sat there and had to watch it. Um, and that's kind of where it started, and it just led on over the years as go-karting with friends, never done it professionally or in a team or competitive or anything like that. Um, it was always just social. And, um, yeah, just kind of where it started from the go-karting, as most people do, but I just always done it socially. And So the, so the go-karting you're talking about, is that the... Uh the the nobbled higher carts or did you actually get out on the big boy carts no yeah so they, these are the higher carts so it, it was an old place it's not around anymore unfortunately um it was the best go-karting place in perth um so we're clearly not talking about belmont carts absolutely here. not I, I won't even say that mentioning that company <laughs> hey, they don't exist anymore so they can't sue me <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, so this was O'Connor. This is the uh, indoor cart hire in O'Connor up on top of uh, Stock Road there. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, that was back there. I, you know, always socially, like I never, um, did any weekend, you know, competitive racing against anybody. It was always just a couple of mates get down there and have a bit of fun. Um, and yes, yeah, so I've done, done a little bit of Wanneroo and Henderson, you know, just socially. Um, yep. and then, yeah, I just always watched it and always just done it socially. And that was about it. Now, fast forward to the year 2000. Yes. And, um, good old COVID, um, which we all started joking about to start with. And then it utterly, uh, did nasty things to our behinds. Um, you... You jumped on the uh, the sim racing craze. What 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 made you jump into that? Um, so I was actually already on the sim racing um, for about a year okay. before COVID. Um, so I jumped onto that just by 
watching my supercars on TV and then I came across a Facebook post which showed some what I thought was real race cars that were actually being a computer game. Um, yeah, right. So it came across that way. I um, yeah endeavoured a bit more into it, looked into it, and yeah, went and bought myself a little Logitech you know, steering wheel, um, real cheap computer, and just had a cheap monitor and set it all up and got onto the iRacing. Um, so yeah, I started that, oh, yeah, it would have been about a year and a half before COVID. Okay. Um, just, just doing my own stuff on there. Um, didn't really have something I wanted to do on there. So, you know, just the road side of things on the sim racing or the dirt oval or the oval. Um, I was trying everything and anything <laughs> just to have a spin. Um, I caught the dirt bug pretty quick. I love the sprint cars on it. So I was basically running around in that for the first six months. Um, but without any assistance, um, I do believe that game, if you can get yourself into a team, um, it's very benef- beneficial um, not only to you, but also to them, just helping you progress further. Okay. Um, yes. So did you start, how long did it take you to, before you started, uh, did, did you start doing any competition in iRacing? Um, yeah, so I tried to find something that I could do like, because I've seen a lot of people sh- getting streamed, you know, these live commentaries, and I thought, well, that's awesome. You know, that's as close as I'm going to get to racing, having someone commentate on on me sim racing so i did i found in a, a league that uh used to be called the amf aussie mix and fix league uh, it was a gt3 league done on sundays um so i started there that was the kind of the first competition on iRacing racing that i really put my head down and practiced and try to make something of it um so yeah we did that for a couple of seasons um and then that was when covid kind of hit during i think the third season of that and then a few more real races from WA started hopping on. Um, and then, yeah, they, a couple of them got in contact with me, asking me how what's going on with the iRacing and get them up to date with it. And it's kind of where it led to. Hmm. Okay. The, um, you, you first came onto, uh, onto my radar when you were, I think we were doing the, um, uh, ill-fated WA racing series. Um, the War E series. Yeah, the War E series. Yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah, the very ill-fated one. Um, because grown men don't know how to behave. Uh, like grown men, basically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it only lasted. A round, I think, maybe. Yeah, one round. Yeah, one, one round. round. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that one round was, uh, yeah, I, I won't speak too much of it, but I got a bit of a shock from that one round. I was really quite disgusted with some of the language that was going on to the young people. Like, they're there just like they are, learning and jumping on and having a go. Yeah. Um, yeah, some people took it like they're, I don't know, racing for Mercedes or Red Bull. <laughs> you know, yeah, like no, was... that's obviously not what the the no. series was was created. You know, like Steve Alice came to us, and Stephen Alice came to us, and was like, "Yeah, you know, and just wanted to create something where you know racers who were, you know, obviously not able to race could blow up a bit of steam and <laughs> have a bit of fun, and you know, obviously people who don't race could join in and you know have a bit of fun and 
and that's how I got involved because I was never a a racer at all. I, I had never been on a track before that. I was doing my sim series and um, yeah, can't remember who it was, but someone invited me and I said, yeah, why not? So yeah, yeah. Now um throughout. 2000, I guess we crossed paths a few different times. Um, the racing for um, Mindy, yeah. I hope I got that right. Mindy, Mindle, Mindy, Mindy. Yep, yeah, racing for Mindy, um, which is the motor's neuron disease um, um, institute, I think. I, I so hope I haven't got that name wrong. Um I know it was definitely for Motor Neuron, uh, which uh, Brent actually put together and was held at uh, Racecraft. And that was another um, you know, time that obviously we crossed paths. And um, I remember I remember your name being mentioned a lot during that broadcast. Um, do you remember how you went in that? <laughs> yeah, so that was actually how I, I met Brent was, was that um... – little charity event that he put together. Um, so I think at the time, um, I was doing a little bit of sim racing. Obviously, everyone had stopped. Um, Brent put this program together um, along with John from Racecraft. Um, so I think John was the one that invited me to have a go at it. Um, yep. So, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I got into the final, um, put it on pole for the final. And then me and um, good mate Trevor Leonard kind of just drove away from the field, had a really good battle for 11, 12 minutes out of the 15-minute race. And then my computer decided to disconnect while I was leading. <laughs> That's right. That's, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that ended that way. Um, Trev ended up winning that. But actually, a quick story of that one. I, that was the first time I met Chris Mitchell. Yeah, a good friend, Chris Mitchell, and um, he was having a yarn to someone, trying to explain to them that Project Cars Two was the best sim game out there at the time. And I kind of turned around at the time and had a little giggle with him and said, "No, nah, mate, not possible." I said, "I racing's where it's at." Um, so, and then for me and Trevor, both had never played Project Cars ever before, both from I racing. So, you know, technically win the thing Trevor did. Um, and then, you know, for me, to, me and him to drive away from everybody for 11 minutes, um, yeah, I think it kind of showed that iRacing was the was the way to go, which I got a bit of enjoyment yeah. out of that. <laughs> if I must say. Chris, Chris, Chris Mitchell is a very, very big iRacing um, competitor right now yeah. as well. So. Oh, he's, he's bloody quick on it and, um, he, yeah, you really, really so last, too. last night he sends me a message and uh, um, expressing his disappointment in his last race. So the first <laughs> race he got a, um, I think a seventeenth, um, which was because he he spun out or got nudged. I can't remember what the excuse was, but there was some excuse. So he came seventeenth, but the way. He said to me, "The uh, I've got to find this because I think I'm pretty sure this was in a message last night." Yeah, he goes. I pushed so hard to try to stay off the top guys, but I just didn't have the pace. Um, not running with the generic setup, at least. 
And I thought, oh, there's finish. always an excuse. If you don't win, there's always yeah. an excuse. Well, what he's doing is he was basically in a league, an open setup league last night. So he was, um, but he was running the same setup that he would be running in his normal league. Yeah. So, um, so I said, oh, bugger, where'd you finish? And he replied back, P3. <laughs> uh, see? P three, he still wants to be on top. P P three, and us. The way he wrote that was if you finished, you know, low in the top ten or even lower. And he goes, "Well, today I've gone seventeen, one, two, one, and three. Well, that that league that league race that he talking about where he finished third, I think. Uh, him and Gianni Luzzi actually was a one uh, a, a double podium for racecraft. Yeah, that so that that league thing he was doing yesterday was different to that one, but yeah, yeah no, okay. the racecraft league. Yeah, him and Gianni Blitz are, are blitzing it. Yeah, so, doing really well for racecraft. Yeah, which um, yeah, funnily enough, you know, after you mentioned that he he wrote off iRacing and <laughs> yeah, and now he's uh, <sighs> now he's chasing his getting his iRacing up. I think I think he's definitely taken the name of professional sim racer. He can't be call, he can't be calling me that anymore. <laughs> oh dear. So um, yeah. So so after the the Mindy racing for Mindy, what are, what other sim racing did you get up to, Any? Uh, so after Mindy, um, I have done a little bit. So I've done a little bit for John from Racecraft. Um, yep. John kind of asked if I would like to represent him in a few uh, leagues. So we did the Australian Online Supercar Championship. Um, we just got to just got to keep saying Racecraft over and over so I can send him a bill. Um, he doesn't know he sponsors this this show, but I'm going to just send him a bill anyway. So the more Racecraft mentions you say, the better. Oh, that's right. I've got oh, I've got a couple of invoices to send him anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Nah, so John John kind of approached us to do a bit of. Um, Sim racing for him, um, not only on the, the iRacing but on his league nights. Um, so we were, I don't know what nights changed to now, I've been away for a bit of a while, but um, we used to do Tuesday night league nights. Um, we would yep. have the centre booked out, um, you know, we'd have 10 blokes in there all all racing together. Um, so we've done a fair bit of them, did a little bit of enduro racing, um, ended up winning a six hour of spa. Um, at the Racecraft Centre, um, did that. I think it was last year. Might have been. Might have. Yeah, mid last year. Yep. Um, but no, my sim racing kind of after the the Mindy, I kind of had a bit of a little break from it. I'm trying to remember, but that was when I really started to look into racing in, in the real world, like getting out of the sim and and having a crack at some real door to door action. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's too much more after that. It was more just having a dabble here and there, um, and yeah, just just helping out John with the the online, which we had Anthony, uh, Jewel, and Alexani as well. The two drivers. I was meant to be crew chief. Um, yep. And then yeah, I ended up driving most of the rounds. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of all that I can really remember off the top of my head that I've done since that Mindy, because, yeah, that was when I started to put my head down and look towards door-to-door racing. Yeah, so 
So what made you look at actually going out and getting out of the out of the sim car and into uh, you know a, a proper race? Or I shouldn't say proper race car because some of those sim racing rigs are worth more than race cars. Um, out of the uh, virtual world and into the real world is what I'll say. Like what made you what made you want to do that? Uh, first of all, yeah, exactly what you explained, the, the money side of things. So I was starting to maybe go to that uh, next stage of getting a real good rig, you know, and spending the, the thousands of dollars it costs to, to purchase a good rig. Um, or I could have joined this um, budget series, um, which is the Hyundai XL, and, you know, for the same amount of money of, buying a, a simulator where it's just sitting in my room and not feeling the, the full G-forces and the thrill of actually door-to-door racing, um, yeah, I decided, look, I'm going to pack up all my sim gear and sell it all and let's go real racing. Let's give it a crack. Like, I've always wanted to do it. It's always, you know, financially I've never been able to, but um, instead of this stage of, <clears throat> sorry, spending... 10 grand on a simulator, well, I'll go spend 10 grand on a race car and go have some fun. So when was your first race? Uh, would have been February 2021 was my first race at Wanneroo. How'd you go? <laughs> um, well, to make it out on the, I think it was a Saturday race day, um, I was lucky to be out there. So I'd actually purchased the car the week earlier because we'd been going through COVID, a couple of lockdowns. Um, I actually purchased the car from someone in Kalgoorlie. So at the time I purchased it, we went into lockdown. I couldn't go pick it up. Uh, We didn't come out of lockdown until a week before the first race meet. So I, um, on that very, I think it was the first, might have been that first day we came out of lockdown, I met, um, with the previous owner, picked the car up, um, met halfway, uh, came back to Perth, thought I'd had it all ready to go, um, and then come the Friday, um, Les Sharp, actually um, kind enough to let me be in his uh, garage for the, the round, he um, had a look over the car and just said, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so that put a bit of a damper on the weekend, because I said, well, unless I've not breathing there's no way i'm not getting out there um right. and i actually had a few other people look over the car and just said mate you this is dangerous you're either going to kill yourself or you're going to seriously injure a lot of other people because this car's not should not be on a racetrack um so on that friday i had les um basically go right over the car for me he, he helped me get it all up to what we thought was a, a suitable standard to go racing um Took it out my very first qualifying and I was something like 10, 12 seconds off the pace. <laughs> um, so I started dead last in my very first ever race. Um, and luckily for me, someone actually spun out on the last lap and ended up in the sand trap, so I didn't finish last. Finished <laughs> <laughs> second last. <laughs> um, so that, that was... I actually had a quick giggle over that because I thought I was finishing last. So I seen him in the sand trap at turn seven on the last lap and went, oh, thanks, mate. Um, so, yeah. Do you remember who that was? 
I do remember who that was. <laughs> who, who do we need to give a shout out for? Yeah, uh, we'll give, give a shout out to Andrew Leach. Um, Andrew Leach. Yeah, so he's one of the competitors in the XLs. I think he's the same, exact same as me. It was his very first time out in the car. Um, and both of us just trying to find our feet. Um, he obviously sent it a little bit further than I did to turn seven. Um, but yeah, so folks, rest of the day, the second race of the day is a 10 lapper. And yeah, being, being around 10 seconds a lap slower and only taking 75 to 77, 78 seconds to do a lap. Um, I kind of already knew that I may have been in trouble with the last lap if I was going to get lapped. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, it came with like two laps to go. The boys at the front were killing it. Um, so I got the blue flags. Um, and I actually, I moved out the way on the uh, first corner. And at the end of the night, I had a cheeky little message from Anthony Jewell. And I have, we have a bit of banter with Anthony. Anthony. We, we get along quite well. And he sends me a little message saying, hey, bud, really well you know, done today on your first race. I must say that you do have some experience with blue flags. And I kind of wrote back just like, oh, what do you mean? He goes, nobody moves out the way that good and stays clear with like not knowing what they're doing. So threw that little banter at me, just telling me I knew what I was doing when it comes to blue flags, which is something I never wanted to see again. <laughs> yeah. uh, knowing you're getting overlapped is not ideal, but start somewhere so yeah that was the second race and then i think the third race yeah, it was much the same second last or maybe me last i can't quite remember um uh, but it was a long way off the pace and but it was a good learning curve you know at the end of the day i was full of smiles i was i was happy i was out there just running around you know i wouldn't call it door to door because i was all on my own but um i was out just being on the track and and just yeah really enjoying myself so that was the first round, February year last year. Hmm. Now, um, at Wanneroo, how long did it take you to uh, get up up to the the mid pack? Um. So from that, we, well, we had round two also there, which I think was our night masters. Uh, Ought to be round three, one of night masters. Um. So I missed out on that. I blew the clutch in qualifying. Um, I tried to go out there on the grid for race one, went to try and put it into gear um, on the grid and I couldn't get anything. It, it was just crunching. Um, so I ended up getting towed off to the side um, the very start of the night. So that was my night done. Um, that was the night I actually had a my very first interview uh, with you, actually. And, um, it wasn't wasn't with me. It was with someone else that interviewed you. Well, yeah, the interviewer was someone different. Um, but yeah, who else was? There? I think I had yeah, Chris Mitchell, some yourself, and then also had um, Mr. Marjoram. Yeah, Adam Marjoram. Yeah. Uh, auto one Morley. There's another invoice I need to send out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I had an interview with him that night, um, which was really good. And I think I talked his absolute ear off and didn't actually get any questions in. Um, so yeah, but that, that all in all, that was a good night. Uh, even though I didn't go out, got to, you know, meet an ex super Ute driver or super two driver. Um, you know, so that was really good. Had a bit of a yarn to him. Um, but I think it would have been round four, which is when I had, um, 
Tom from Pomtech Motorsport. He um, yep. yeah got underneath it and had a good gaze at it, put a good setup in it for me. And on the tuning day, just said, you know, go out and try that. Um, and then, yeah, straight away, I was, you know, four seconds quicker, five seconds quicker. And it was just more about me, you know, gaining the, the experience and confidence to, to go out there. And, yeah, I think, yeah, well, in round four, started finishing mid-pack. Well, I was saying mid-pack, it would have been, you know, 10 to 15th. Um, there was 30-odd cars out there last year during most races. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it would have, yeah, I'd say about three rounds so three times I've been to Wanneroo, once to Collie. Um, that's before I started, yeah, actually door-to-door racing with people and, you know, overtaking and doing some moves and having fun, actually being amongst other cars, not just on my own down the back, 10 seconds behind everybody. Hmm. So uh, speaking of Collie, <laughs> I remember we had a, we got a lovely clip of you, very excited. <laughs> After a race result down there. Yes. What was that race result? Uh, that was actually a, a P7. <laughs> yeah. Out of only, I think there was only, a, you might have been 17, 18 cars that were down there that day. But um, So, yeah, that was the first time I'd actually been in the top 10 um, all year. The first time I'd actually had some good, you know, door-to-door racing where I was overtaking people, having them overtake me. Just awesome battles. Um, and then, yeah, very fortunate. Second last lap, the uh, two cars in front of me got into each other. Um, and then on the very last lap, they got in, into each other again, but it was behind me. So it just um, made me relax a little bit more and know that I was driving away to my best finish. Um, and then, yeah, as I finished, I think I got a little bit over too excited. Um not too many people picked up on it. A couple of people did, but I actually nearly missed turn one at Collie because I was too busy <laughs> fist pumping the air. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, that was that was so much fun. That just, um, yeah, I think that kind of broke me from, you know, the, the year I'd spent, you know, six, seven days, 12-hour days working, trying to save up, you know, for the race car, all my gear, just getting out there. And then, yeah, just kind of all came out when I, finishing the top 10 because that was all I was aiming for at the start of the year. If I could have had a, a top 10 all year, I, I would have been just, just really happy. And that's um, like when a lot of people, you know, they when they're racing, you know, they, they think that they've got to be first, second or third. Um, and some people get a bit miserable when they're not in the first, second or third. Um and and they so people forget like the the talent and years and money that's ahead of them on the grid and so for you to celebrate that seventh position, um, no, I thought it was fantastic at the time. I was like, yep, this 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 guy gets it. Yeah, I yeah. Well, I, I actually um, so I think I I came across you and DJ down in the car park. Yeah, I was having a snooze. Yeah, I just walked past him, and then I think DJ just started just taking photos of me with a big smile because I was just walking down with a big grin on my face. And then, yeah, um, yeah we just started chatting, and yeah, you were just saying, oh, this is awesome, like, just to see how, how happy you are. And I was like, mate, I'm going to finish seventh, like. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I think, yeah, it was even um, Paul Pizarro, you know, he even come up to me and goes, mate, you, you're having a bleed over finishing seventh. What happens when you finish in the top three? I said, oh, I don't know, Paul. We'll see. 
just yeah. just as long as you know you keep your pants on and don't don't do a nudie run down the main straight at Wanneroo, you know. Just <laughs> oh, I think we just found what's got to happen. It's a good challenge. <laughs> we can't not have that happen now. I've been I've been quietly listening here, but now I've just found something that this is. Uh, if you you've got to do it. Especially oh, now well, we're doing yeah. prize giving in pit lane. Just all gear off and go oh, to bolt straight for turn one past the starters box. Oh, that'd be oh, good. No. Oh well, you know I'm always up for a challenge, so why not? Uh, just just for the record, I didn't encourage that. I just said that it probably shouldn't happen, but I think it'd be hilarious if it did. Oh, all um, I heard was Shane encouraging that it'll happen, and um, yeah, main instigator. Oh, and if you I win think. one, I'll do it. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Uh, no, no one needs well, to see if Saggy. I, if I win, Saggy old maybe man all three of us around. should do it. How about that, yeah. Shane? Get you yeah, in anyone who knows me knows I've, I've already done it once at Collie before. So oh. <laughs> we're, de- we're down at Collie for three rounds this year, and I just oh, I can't I'm wait for a podium. It all yeah, it gets cold down there. Just a you know disclaimer up front. Oh, that's <laughs> the excuse. Yeah, right. Okay. I think all three races race meetings are in winter in Collie too. Uh nope. We got March. Oh no. March and May March, May and August, I think. That's still cold enough. Well it's still cold, although it was yeah, from what we hear it's been pretty hot down there over summer, so yeah. um so what's your high what what's been your highest um Finish position so far. Um, my highest finish would have been the the last round that I raced at, um, which was actually in Brent's four door, which was a P six overall. Um, yep. so it was actually sixth place in race three, which is my highest finish in a race. Um, and then yeah, P six overall, which is my highest finish overall for a round. Yeah, nice. And before that, oh, I no. think yeah, the high. I may have had a top ten overall finish, but I. Yeah, last year we, we had we had a fair few amount of cars on the grid last year. You know, we're looking at 20-plus each round. Um, and, yeah, I was always around that 11th to 14th for most of mid-last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's definitely some very well-put-together cars uh, out on the grid last year. And, I mean, definitely this year too, but not as many at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, Probably see a few few people return, maybe. But um... yeah, missing a couple of the front runners from this year in in their own cars, and um, that were there last year. Um, but yeah, I'm sure they'll come back soon enough. And yeah. when, when you want the real races out there, you, you want you want the best of the best. That's what you you know. Maybe not last yeah, year when I was more worried about just having fun, but um, more and more I've gotten into it. That the competitiveness has come out, and yeah, I'd like to be more up the grid. Um, so having them them fast guys away does help that, but you want them to be on the grid. So you know, when you finish up high, you, you've actually worked hard to get in front of them. So with regards to your um, future plans for racing, are you just sort of wanting to stick around the Excel budget, or would you love for uh, to be able to go racing in something else? Um, well, yeah, realistically, I think for me, just the XL is where, where it's at. Um, 
it is meant to be the budget series. It is kind of a blowing out, if I must say, a bit of proportion. Um, but, you know, people people will pay what they want to pay for an Excel. It's, that's up to them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think for the budget level-wise, you know, I don't have the biggest income, so I don't really know. So if you go look at, yeah, now, even saloons, like I was talking to us, Holdcroft, you know, what he found the biggest difference between Pro-Am and Pro, and he, he said, you know, the, the engine building and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. There's just too much money, I suppose, involved with, with that side of things. Um, as the XL, I can go buy a $50 wrecker motor, stick it in, and, you know, that's my motor. It's, I haven't had to spend eight, nine grand pulling it apart, building it, um, yeah, just to get it out on track. But yeah, 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 and <laughs> finished P six with a wrecker motor. Yeah, so, with a stock front pipe, it's it's good like that. Yeah, that's right, you know, and yeah, believe me, I would love to have that, you know, a little bit of kick that you know people spend the five to six grand to find that extra second. Um, but for myself, I'm just out there enjoying it, just because I'm out there being door to door and and flogging the crap out of a car and not having to worry about. You know, red and blue flashing lights and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's just where I've kind of seen myself being. Um, it's just good fun. You know, I've, I've got a young family and stuff as well. So, um, you know, you can't be throwing all the, all the money into the race cars as much as you like. you gotta got to do the right things first and the race car comes second. So, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, probably- on the... On the, um, yeah, like what you're saying about what Holcroft said is, you know, like they're yeah, obviously working with, um, you know, work with uh, Chase Hoy and the team a lot, and just to see what they've they've done and spent over the last twelve months. Um, you could build four Excel's. Yeah, sorry. You could you could build four, four three to four Excel's. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I mean, it's it's obviously paid off. You know, they've they've got some good results on the return. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and again, in that in that field of saloons of, um, you know, with Mark on and Grant Johnson and yeah, McGill ex- and experience, yeah, a lot of experience, Martins, yeah, like you know, and from to finish seventh, seventh, fifth, but then he got a two, got a five second penalty for something in the grid box, I believe. Hmm. Um, and then uh, you know the final race to to hold off. Um, I'm trying to think who was holding off. I think it was maybe Chichala or something. Chichala. What am I saying? Chichala. Yeah, whatever his name. Um, been Ciela. Ciela. Yeah. Come on, someone help me out here. I, I I do try and read it as he drives past, and yeah, yeah I'm hopeless. Um, <laughs> I just say Coachella, but that's not right at all. Yeah. <laughs> that's easier. But um, yeah, you know, like, so they they've still got a problem with that car, where even though it's very competitive in the first few laps, after spending all this money on it and time on it, um, it's now fading at the end. Mm. Um, so you know, he's racing, racing, he's yeah, the the, the yeah, the, racing that car to its very last. You know, breath to stay yeah. ahead of them. So, and yeah, so like that's that's four excels. That's right. Like even on like race spendings, I see you know a lot of the saloons, like even the, the sports sedan guys and the street cars and all most of street cars. But the other guys, you know, they're all 
every single race meet, like race finishes, the cars up, they're changing this, changing that, trying to do all sorts of things. And you look down at the XL paddock and there may be three or four cars that are changing something. The other 20 lot yep. are just all parked up, cooling down. Yeah, check yep. pressures. Yep, they're good. We got fuel. All right, we're ready for the next race. And that that's where I, I enjoy it because yeah. I'm a nuffy when it comes to the mechanical side, um, which I've been enjoying learning. You know, it's only an XL. I don't have to worry about being a, a Porsche that's worth $100,000 and scared I'm going to break something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's where I think it's it's good. That, you know, for people that aren't mechanically minded, you're not worrying about breaking a yeah, $5,000 shock or something ridiculous like that. Mm. Now, I'm um, going to hand you over to Brent shortly, but um, I'll, I'll ask you my favourite question. Um, and I've asked this over 40 times now in the last <laughs> two years. Um, and I still get people who go, yeah, we listen to your show, and then they come, then we ask this question, they go, oh, I never thought about this. Well, um, I already know what question you're going to ask, and I'll tell you now, I have thought about it. <laughs> okay, cool. This will be the, this will be the first. So I, um, I listen to all those shows. So, so um, hands hands for feet or feet for hands? No, that's not the question. <laughs> um, God, that, that was the one time we... <laughs> that was the one time oh we gosh. let... We let Marge Adam, Adam loose with a question, and that was for Molly Taylor. Um, God. <laughs> anyway, um, so yes, if you if you could have uh, anyone you know as your teammate um, from any any era of motorsport, dead alive, um, obviously you know we'll magically resurrect them. Um, you know, as as your teammate, any era of motorsport, any form of motorsport. Who, who would you want helping you out? Well, there's one one guy that I've been a big fan of um, since he started. So that would be J-Dub, Mr. Jamie Winker. Okay. Um, I've been a big fan of his for a long time. Um, yeah, I just I love the way he goes about it. Uh, may, may get into a bit of trouble sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, do his own thing, not, not listen to the, the team. But, um, yeah, he's always someone that since he came on the scene, I've just been a big fan of. And, yeah, I love things to be my teammate. You know, he's undoubtedly at the moment, you know, the best supercar driver we've had with the amount of championships he's got. Until um, someone beats that, they'll keep it at that. Um, and, you know, he should have had multiple more Bathurst victories. <laughs> but, um yeah, he let them one slip. So, yeah, just him overall. I've met him once before. Uh, I was very lucky to. He had an old um, go-karting competition that uh, Perth Radio Station ran. Um, yep. So, yeah, I met him through that. Uh, and, yeah, he just had the time to actually, even after it, you know, he's got multiple people running up autographs, kind of get photos, kind of got this. I just wanted to sit and have a chat with him. Um, and, you know, at the end of it, he, he gave me that 10, 15 minutes just to sit down and, have a talk as if I was, you know, just a bloke I'd known him for 10, 15 years. Like, just gave me his time and it was really good. So, um, yeah, from that point, he was just someone that I really looked up to and and the way he drove, just so calm and relaxed, never seemed to be flustered. Just, it is what it is of whatever happened. You know, he ran out of fuel, that's on him or, you know, something broke. It is what it is. He just 
it's always cool, calm and collective, and that's what I liked about it. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, um, standard apology in advance uh, as we hand you over to Brent. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll chat in a little bit. Cool. No, awesome. no drama at all. Uh, I'll put you straight on the spot. Who's your favourite F1 driver? <laughs> um, right now is Lando Norris. Yeah, okay. uh, I agree with that. Yeah, so... Oh, we, don't, we don't need to cut this uh, episode short. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to say, <laughs> say Lewis just to upset Shane. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't get me wrong. He's He's good. Lewis is bloody good, but um, as a driver, I'm actually following at the moment. As I think, is I enjoy watching and the way he goes about his business is um Lando Norris, um, and McLaren. So you know, jumped on the McLaren bandwagon, um, even before Danny Rick was there. Um, yeah, Carlos Saints, he's, he's a he's a good guy. Um, yeah, he used to love watching his dad do his thing. Um, used to love the rally, but it's another story. So, um, yeah, now Lando Norris and McLaren's the F1 team I'm kind of getting behind at the moment. Oh, awesome. And did you think that's because you got the similarities with the Lando being a, a sim kid? Um, oh, yeah, you could say so. I just, when he kind of came onto the scene, I just thought, you know, this the way he talked, then he approached everything. And, um, yeah, it was just, just a good kid to look up to and see what, Type of future he could have in the sport. He's going to be around for a long time. Yeah, I think he's going to go far. I'm hoping uh, in a couple of years we get to see McLaren on top. I've always been a massive McLaren fan, being a Kiwi, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I think think they'll go pretty far. I think they're going to go pretty well. And I think they've done a smart move with Danny. You know, like, he's got the experience to carry him through. But I think he's more there as a – for the human side of it or the team building side of it or or whatever because it's – you know, he's he's got – that, that character and charisma he's at is, is, is a massive strength. So, no, that's cool. Um, so, sim racing, you're an absolute gun. Like, you're a freak. Uh, not only are you faster than me in a real race car, you are 5,000 times faster than me on a simulator. Um, and embarrassingly so, um, which is cool. Um, I'm blaming my old age and uh, fitness levels. Uh, <laughs> But uh, that's why, uh, yeah, uh, you, you amazed the hell out of me in the uh, in the XL. Um, but is there anything from that sim racing you reckon it carries over? Is any, you know, like people, there's a lot of people at Fufu it, but I know guys that are gun racers that are hopeless in the sim, but I know more guys that are really good racers that are equally as good in the sim. You know, like Andy Stevens. Yeah. Uh, you know, like he... He never, up until he moved to Christmas Island, he never did a lot of sim racing. He came to the MND thing and, you know, finished, I think, fifth maybe against, you know, proper guys and, and a lot younger guys that are doing it all the time. And so there's got to be something transferable there, I believe, but I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, I, I actually definitely think so. You know, I don't think I could have been where I was at if it wasn't for the sim racing. Um, obviously doing it over last year, um, on and off, um, not as much as I was doing it, but just helping my uh, race craft and being out on track. Um, yeah, for me, absolutely. I, I think it helps it help anybody. Um, so just the experience, you know, for example, you know, a lot of us in WA don't get the chance to go over to, say, Phillip Island. But if we do have the opportunity, well, it's not instead of just rocking up there and doing some 
laps and never seeing the track before, we can actually get a gauge and an idea. Um, if not driving the same car on the simulator or something similar, at least give you a little bit of feedback of what to kind of expect and what there is around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I used, that he- I used that heaps last year um, with Wanneroo. So I've got Wanneroo on the simulator. Is that on a uh, Assetto? Yeah, that was on Assetto Corsa, yep. Um, yeah. Do you now- find it annoying how on Assetto, like, you know, like turn four at Barb's or Wanneroo, I should say, um, or turn seven's the worst on Assetto. So, you know, turn That's seven better. naturally has the, the kick up um, at the 50 marker. But on a set of course, it's like it's dead flat. It's like that yeah, track. Yeah, it doesn't have it. No, ah, yeah. <laughs> so. No, it doesn't do, it doesn't do its justice, but it, do, it does help. Like, even, oh, even going up over the hill, like, you nearly get airborne on the simulator. Um, I don't know, I haven't been fast enough over the hill at Wanneroo to, to really know if that happens. Um, oh, you get but, your arrow, like, you run your wing a bit cooked or you don't run a splitter on the front of a something like, you know, anything over 200 clicks. Um it gets very sketchy, like it can be. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, I can lift the, fr- I can feel the lift on my car. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 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 maybe one day I'll be lucky enough to feel the speed of that over that hill. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think it, it is a big help the simulator, like for anybody, you know. Um, when, when you know, you've seen like the professionals when they all <clears throat> the E series, and you know, some of them are just poo <laughs> really like, they were shocking um and you know and then there's others that uh part-time um real races but they're absolute gun sim races um yeah. and you know and, and it's for that reason or the other way around you know so i i think it's beneficial for anybody um but i do know there's a lot of people out there that have the issue of well it's just giving young blokes um you know it's not making them scared and well, not scared, but just giving them over, overconfidence and they're not worried about the consequences of actually crashing, you know, at 220 k's an hour in a F2 or F3 or whatever it may be because they've been on a simulator and they crash and you can just hit reset. So I do know there is that side of the argument. Um, See, yeah, I've I sh- never thought of that side of the argument. I was, gonna, I was actually just about to say because I know a lot of the drifters say that the sim work actually gives them a lot more confidence with the proximity. And, yeah. I was, and I was about to ask you the same thing. Do you think all that time on a sim, um, and when you, especially when you're in a good sim with triple monitors or a big curved screen, or you know, if you, uh, like I can't handle the VI, like it makes me crook. But I know the guys like yourself that wear the VI, uh, the, you know, the goggles. Um, so you do get that 360 wrap around, so you know how close a car is to you. Yeah. Do you think that helps with that side of it, that racecraft, and you know? Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, it, if it, if at all. Um, you know the like you're saying, the proximity. I did a bit of drifting with the WA guys um, when it kind of all went to scramble last year of COVID. Um, DJ got me on with all the Perth drifters, so that was a good good fun to jump in on that. Um, and yeah, I, I just found that it, it would help. It, it's got to. I don't see why it wouldn't. But like I said, there's other people out there that have that case of it gives you too much confidence that you don't worry about consequences and yeah, they don't like it. But I, I definitely feel for you know, a drifter, uh, open wheeler, you know, door to door, the proximity of learning the racecraft and where cars are and what you can do in certain times. Yeah, hundred percent. The sims where it's at. Awesome. No, that's cool. It's cool to get your feedback on it because obviously you're very good on both sides. No one can deny that you, you, you know, you're quite a tidy driver 
on the circuit, and it's good to hear that that um, crosses over. The um, so with you with your move to racing, um, how how did you feel in your first race? Were you worried? Were you scared? Or as soon as you went, it sort of all sits you know sat in sort of thing. Um, no, actually, um, I was nervous as <laughs> the. Yeah, I, I was really nervous because I hadn't actually competed before. Um, once I got out there, you you kind of lose it all. You're, you're there in the moment. You're focused on what you're trying to do. You know, obviously trying to make the car go as fast as you possibly can without going out of control and, and stuff like that. Um, so I think the first race I was really nervous. Um, come the second race, I kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, but even with my, my sim racing, like I still start of a race, you're all lined up on the grid, you, you get them little butterflies and your heart starts racing a little bit more and, um, yeah, I, not so much now, but definitely when I first started, I, I, I was very nervous. Um, you know, I didn't want to make a fool of myself, didn't want to be taking people out or doing anything stupid that, you know, make yourself look like an idiot. Um, but still, you wanted to, to do well. I wanted to do well. and Yeah, so the nerves kind of went away during the day when more I got back and just, all right, first race is done, you know, excited, big smile, you've done it. You know, it, it's over now. It's just, just the way it is. Um, On to the next one. Yeah, but yeah. I still, every time I pull up to the grid, uh, I'm waiting for the lights to go. I'm, yeah, keen as, like, heart's racing, let's get this going. Yeah, wicked. So, how do you? Um, and this is I ask a few guys this sort of thing, but um, you know, the control of emotions and stuff like that. Some of the older guys tend to be a bit better at it, and some are actually way worse at it than what you expect. Guys that are doing lots and lots of racing. Um, so you're out there, you're doing your thing. How do you control that uh, overdriving thing? I'm really bad for it. I'll, I will overdrive a car um, to the detriment of lap times and do more damage to catching the guy in front, you know, more damage to the ability to catch the guy in front and set that manoeuvre up just because I'm trying too hard sometimes. You don't seem to – that doesn't seem to be a thing for you. You seem to sit pretty well with that group. You don't do any – you know, we saw some pretty silly dive bombing in some of the XLs on the weekend, um, some pretty hero sort of moves, cheap station <laughs> yeah. sort of stuff, you know. Like um, you don't seem to get stressed out or, or – you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you do, and you just don't show it. But you know, how do you how do you control that? Because you're being pretty green to it. Um, I think because I am I am very green to it. Um, because I am still new to it. I'm just just out there enjoying the moment. Um, I sit, you know, like I, I qualified eighth. Um, I kind of had a look at who was in front of me, and and I knew if I could just sit where I was and just sit on the back of the, the front cars because they are all a lot quicker than me. Um, yeah, and learn. Uh, every time I'm out there, I'm just, whoever's in front of me, I'm just trying to follow and learn as much as I can. Um, and, yeah, I, I, am, I am pretty relaxed, to be honest. I, I feel like I'm relaxed out there. I'm not stressing out um, about where people are or what, what's going on. It's just I'm there in the moment. Um, I do probably lose... Um, so number four. Um, 
all the same in the moment, not always there. I start veering off and thinking of other things or I'm doing something different. And, you know, so as like on the weekend coming down, I knew there was a couple of laps to go. Uh, Harry Douglas was in, in the lead of the race. Um, and yeah, as I was coming over the hill, I seen he was in the lead and I was too busy just, yeah, going, oh, just stay there, Harry. Like every time I go through a corner, <clears throat> looking to see if he was still leading the race because that was what I was. So, um, but besides, no, I, I, I try and keep calm. I think as calm as you can stay, you're not going to overdrive the car um, because then you start doing that. Exactly what you're saying. You start trying to push too hard, just catch the next car and, and more mistakes creep in and you just find yourself going backwards. So if you can just keep really relaxed and um, not stressing out of, oh, that car's now pulled, you know, a corner in front of me, I've got to try and now gauge it. Well, he might make a mistake in three laps, which will make you catch up. But if you pushed for them three laps to catch it, by the time you actually got to him, your car's crook, then he's just going to pass back you anyway. You actually haven't saved any um, anything underneath you um, in regards of tyre pressure. Because in them XLs, yeah, you get them too hot, yeah, you're in trouble, especially yeah. coming out of uh, the bowl, the basin, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the tyres um, tend to cheese pretty well there. Yeah. And then also going, coming out of turn four, you know, and then onto that right-hander, um, it doesn't like to turn so much. So I think, yeah, if you can just keep it really relaxed and um, just keep the car really straight and smooth, yeah, you'll just continue to pick up places without even gauging. So I, like, I set PBs on the weekend and, you know, I felt like I went faster in my car last year plenty of times, but it didn't show on the lap times as you know, this the last round, I um, yeah, was just out there enjoying it. Just make sure I bring the whole car in one piece, and I just stayed relaxed and enjoyed it. And I ended up setting better lap times for that reason, I believe. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so it's um, you know, I need to, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm too. Uh, I wouldn't say too old, but I'm a bit unmatched for it to be overly competitive. But I try to be more competitive than what I am. And, and, you know, we've punched above the weight, our weight pretty well a lot with that skyline. So, yeah, it's a hard thing to get your head around. And I think um, it's definitely a benefit if you can go out there with that, that demeanor and that attitude and that, that, you know, being that bit more chilled out and just being positive about it all. Um, yeah. And we're racing yeah. cars. It's yeah. damn awesome. And, you know, and with the XLs, it's – we're not I – know, I know there's some, you know, people in it that you know, are trying to make their way, whether it's going to be into – TA2, TCR, wherever they're heading to, I do take it seriously as, you know, if we're a Formula 1 championship. Um, but for myself, I just go out there every every race, enjoy it. it. I'm out there living the dream. I'm on a track, racing door-to-door. Yeah, it's only in a 85-horsepower XL, but yeah, I couldn't ask for any more. It, it, it's the enjoyment I get from just being out on track. Um, and I find that's what makes me relax because I'm just there in the moment enjoying it. Yeah, it's that's awesome, dude. The um so with the with the weekend just been, which is round one, um, you know, I gave you the, the keys well that's got a key, but I gave you the <laughs> the, the XL to drive. You, you, you drove that goddamn well considering how you know, it's got a real basic engine combo compared to some of the rocket ship hot rods out there. So no that was that was really cool. Um if you could go anywhere with your racing, I know, I know um, it's budget constrained and that's a real part of life. 
Um, yep. We're already doing better than 90% of the population just being able to go and race and go to the <laughs> racetrack. Right, yeah. You know, we got we got to keep that in check. We we're actually doing pretty damn well being able to do that. But where yep. would you like to go next? Like XLs is where it's at for you. That fits with you and your family. Uh, you got yep. a young family like me, so you, you can't spend every night away wrenching on a car because that's what some of the high-end cars take. They take three, four, five days before a race meeting to make sure the the spanner checked right because the, the consequence and, and time lost is, is there. So, But five years down the track, where, where do you want to be? You're still young enough to do anything you'd want to do, you can do. Um, well, if, if I could... If I so you win lotto. Take win the budget lotto, away from it. Take the budget away. Uh, probably the Porsche Carrera Cup. Like in the, it would have been the, the Utes. Back in the day, the old Utes. Oh yeah, before uh, they went to the to the, the uh, dual cab four yeah. drive, whatever the things they got now. Yeah, so the old school Utes. Um, that's probably where where it would have been at. Um, you know, it take, takes a, a lot of time to probably go supercar and super two and all all that. Um, but for me, yeah, if I could have just gone and run super Utes, um, the old V eight Utes, um, that's where I would have liked to be. But even for now, yeah, probably. Porsche Carrera Cup. If I had a dream, if I won a lot, I'd go race Porsches. You know, they got they got a good series. Um, you know, it's, it's on TV. Good publicity. Um, or yeah, even the endurance side. If I could go do some endurance stuff, that would be awesome. Yeah, you know, everyone wants to go travel to the tracks around the world, and instead of just playing them on a simulator, <laughs> actually go to them in real life and have a crack. Um, so yeah, GT three. You know, Porsche Carrera, something along them lines. If I won Lotto, wicked. Yep. I mean, I, I like GTs. My things, you know, sports sedans to me are cool because you can um, DIY to a point. You know, you can. Yeah. Um, they've they've evolved so far past that, but you can fabricate something. So if you have a good fabricator on your side, or you're a talented fabricator yourself, and you want to put an LS into a Falcon or a Nissan or a uh, E36 is a category for you. If you want to spend a bit more and build a chassis car and whatever, or if you want to come in with, with a GT car, yeah. And and I like that category because you are racing against the best of the best. I know some people argue that uh, the more money doesn't always bring out the best drivers, but legitimately most of the guys in the higher-end categories um, aren't spuds. You know, they, they aren't That's completely right. useless. They, uh, you don't risk that much, Um especially for in local racing because there is no reward. The reward is just being out there. So, yeah, no, that's, that's cool. Um, I've probably taken up a bit of time. Like, and, and, you know, and I'm pretty lucky that I, that I know you pretty well and I get to be able to call you a mate. Um, <laughs> and, and I think you're, uh, you, you, you downplay how immensely talented you are way too much. Um, but in, the, in your short time of racing, have you developed any dumb habits or weird superstitions or, you know, um, you've listened to this enough to know where the question's going? <laughs> um, I say this, probably the dumb thing I do is I, I look at my rearview mirror for some reason way too much. I don't know if that's a sim thing because that's usually right smack bang in the middle of my screen. Um, another, probably the superstition um, I'm going to cop a bit of slack for this, but I, uh, on my way to the track, I do like to crank the old school queen. 
I like to get up and about and listen to Queen. So a bit of uh, Don't Stop Me Now and a bit of We Are Champions and all that. So, yeah, that's probably my superstition. Is I, I crank, I crank Queen. <laughs> Is this just fantasy? <laughs> Come on, take it <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that that would be my stupid little thing I probably do before each each race. Uh, on the way to the racetrack, I like to um, yeah play Queen, the greatest hits of Queen uh, album. Um, but while I'm at the track, no, I don't think you know either left or right slot goes on first. They've both got to be on. Same as my gear, the score got to be on. Um, I generally no, I, think, don't... I think that's actually a really good superstition to have that both socks should be on. <laughs> yeah. well, it's also yeah. compliant. Compliant, <laughs> yeah. It's part of the rules. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen a scrutineer come out and check you in the car that you've got the right socks on. It'd probably catch a few people out. Um, yeah. I've seen people's gear checked many a times, but never <laughs> in the car. Um, but, yeah. um, I, I generally put my helmet on while I'm in the car. That's something I, I do do. I don't put it on while I'm out of the car. Yeah. Um, I would generally like wait till I get in the car. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably the biggest thing out of the lot is yeah. I like to crank Queen on the on the way to the racetrack, either early in the morning or. What's the other one? That, what's the other Queen one that's from Wayne's World? Is that the same song? You know, with the cruising along in the in the Garthmobile. That's 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 just what I was doing. The spoken yeah, word version. Yeah. So is that Bohemian, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody? Rhapsody. That, oh, Rhapsody, that is yeah. the one in the same song. Yeah, because yeah. I only remember the, the little bit from that. Yeah, you know the best version I've ever heard of that song was actually done by um, a British comedian duo Hale and Pace, oh. and they actually use vacuum cleaners and kitchen utensils. You're going to have oh. to put an insert of it somehow, <laughs> or a link, to, a link to it somehow. Um, so was it Hale? Well, and if Pace? I remember, I'll chuck it. In, I'll chuck it in the description on the. Uh, yeah, when people listen to this, you have to go to behindthesport.net um, <laughs> and listen to that. Listen to the episode on there. Of course, you can play it in your normal, you know, iTunes or Spotify or whatever. But you know, if you want to get some of this extra stuff, make oh, sure you go behind the sport. I just, I just looked them up just yeah. now, and then uh, they look quite hilarious. Oh, they're ab- absolutely hilarious. Absolutely, would not be allowed in this day and age to do half of their routines. Yeah, it does look like that. Uh, um, that era. But yeah, no, they they. Oh, the guy with the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, here we digress. No, that's yeah, all I can sorry, say is Alex, you. thank you. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, that's that's a good one. Um, I should have said something like that because I, I, I'm not old school, old school, but I always end up listening to Beastie Boys on the way to the track. I don't know what it is. That's not um, bad. Yeah, from um, oh, which one is it? The um. Oh, is it Harry's Corner Store? That very first one when they're sort of half punk, half yeah. Anyway, cool. Um, so any any tips for anyone trying to get an X Hours the first time? Last question. Uh, getting into the X Hours for the first time. Um... I was going to say any tips for fat old dudes wanting to go faster, and you told me that pretty squarely <laughs> last time we talked. <laughs> Yeah, I actually thought about that question later on, and the only other thing I could think to say to you was break deeper and accelerate faster. But <laughs> <laughs> besides that, I really don't have much more. Um, Maybe less less chips at the track and less burgers. Yeah. Oh, there's no burgers. There's plenty of lollies and plenty of yeah. 
Let's talk about Brent. <laughs> Less beers. I was talking about Brent. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lolly guy. Um, I blame the sprint car guys for that because they they always had big big batches of lollies, and I started doing the same thing. Um, but but yeah, know, tips for anyone getting to XLs the first time. What do you reckon? Um, getting out there first first time. For me, as it was it was me last year. So just trying to get yourself. Um, in and around the community, the XL community, like every single person up and down pit lane will give you their time to help. Like I, I even said last year, the community in the XLs is awesome. Every single person helps you. Um, so yeah, just talk, talk to everybody. Um, depends what your budget is. You know, if you're wanting to just go out there and get into it and have some fun, you're not too worried about being first, second or third. Um, yeah, go go find a a, a level entry XL um, and just go out and do tuning days. Um, there's always generally someone or a few guys there in the XLs, and like I said, go have a word to them. They'll let you follow them. They'll show you the lines. They'll tell you where you need to improve. Um, and yeah, I think that's the best thing you can do. You just go out and get an XL and come come down and speak to anybody that's in the XL community and. Yeah, you, you'll be you'll be having the time of your life, and, you know, in no time. Awesome, great tip, and, and I think that's hundred um, percent. We're, we're quite lucky in WA that we do have a few categories, a few really popular categories. Um, but I do feel that the XL community there, um, some of the guys are just you know absolute rippers. You know, Pissaris and Joe Douglas and the Brazilian boys, and um, that they, they're all. Just really good guys, and that, and they'll all help you out tenfold. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Well, you know, I wouldn't be where I was at today if it wasn't for a lot of them guys, you know, helping me out you know, on and off the track. So yeah, you know, you got you got so many guys, and there. Steve McGregor is another one who's who's always got gear. You got um, Barry and and some of the other the guys that have been around the traps a bit. Yeah, um, just don't ask Barry what time the gates open. <laughs> I don't even know why he bothers. He lives like two minutes from the track. <laughs> it was uh he was an hour early on, uh, <laughs> see that's Saturday. key that's key he's got up and he's then, there an hour and early and then commented, down the road. commented on the uh wa sporting car club page asking why the gates weren't open <laughs> Just the horn wait this year take her up oh, oh, that's gold yeah, no, and, and yeah obviously you know the jewel family they, they've been a big help yeah. for me last season like um anthony unfortunately had a a bit of a um, a crap year and a few issues with his XL. Um, decided to park it up for the year, and you know they Anthony lent me his his Super Shocks um, instead of running the XYZs. So um, yeah, I, I need to show a big thanks to them, obviously, because they're a big part of um, me getting up to speed into that mid pack um, and just getting out there all together. Yeah, I must say, you know, I didn't really mention Julie because I knew you're giving him such a good rap and you get on with him so well. And, and um, Mark is his old boy. He's been around the Traps River and he's one of the reasons that I, that I keep staying around XLs and, and helping the category out because, um, yeah, everyone's cool. You know, Trent Sheriff, another one, just he'll help yeah. anyone out. I was on the yeah, phone he, the other day. About, a big help yeah. that last round, you know, so I only did, I think, 10 or so laps in, in your car on the tuning day um, before the race day and... Trent even just um, you know kept his eye on me, um, watched me go around a couple of times, and then just at the end of it, just came up to my ear and 
gave me a bit of constructive criticism and I'm all, all ears, ears all open to, to listen to whatever and um you know and that helped into the race day by obviously yeah, getting a new PB so yeah I actually thanked Trent at the end of that time because um I found that was very beneficial just having someone who's obviously not in the race car but being a part of it and um just kept his eye on me like you know he didn't ask him to he doesn't have to and um yeah just thought he would and it helped out no, it's and good. that's what it's I mean by everyone in the community is just, yeah, awesome. Yeah, and there's some great mentors in WA for XLs. You know, we're giving XLs a massive plug here, but, um, you know, there's Absolutely. so many guys that came through the ranks, you know, Middick and Rulo and um, some of those guys that are just that good at drivers. And they're still around to give you pointers. And like um, Grant Gallant, you know, he races IP. He's, he's one of the legends at Race Talk. That, uh, um, uh, you know, and he uh, he's he's the same outside the car. He he's always watching me. He doesn't need to. It's not on yeah. the two way or anything. He would be if he could, if he wasn't doing his own stuff. But he's always you know giving me bits of advice how to get the front end in tighter and stuff like that. And we're just lucky to have that. You know, we 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 aren't so clicky like some of the other states where it's real. Uh, you're in your bay and you're in your bay and yes. you know what I mean. Everyone's out to try and help everyone get better because man, it's no point racing by yourself. Yeah, that's right, and that's what you find. Like you see it in our pit lane. So if someone has, you know, broken a or you know, bent a rear trailing arm or something, there'll be someone down pit lane that will like have a spare or something of something, and they all jump on board. They'll help you out. You know, it's. I think that's what you like you say. We're very lucky in WA. Yeah, you know, I don't think we have the biggest XL community, but there's others like Victoria. You know, they have 50, 60 plus grids, um, but. I think for what we have here in WA and, and how, how good it is for the XL community. I'd... Oh, we punch well above our weight, I reckon. Absolutely, 100%. yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, back over to you, Big Shane. Well, um, yeah, we're, we're definitely um, pushing the, the, the limits of our time this uh, this episode, but it's been great to catch up with you, Alex, and... Um, yeah, really can't wait for you to step step a foot onto the podium, whether it be third or first, because I definitely want to see see. You just uh, want to see, it, see some streaking through the court into the gymnasium. <laughs> yeah, no, we've 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 discussed that. I, I'm not condoning, encouraging, or anything along those lines. Uh, if you guys want to do that, that's fair. That, that's fine. But you're just the instigator. <clears throat> Look, I come up with all sorts of dumb ideas. <laughs> Um, and if other people are dumb enough to follow those ideas, uh, that's their problem and fault. <laughs> we might have to get some Ryobi green mankinis just to uh, make it a little bit PG. Oh, and wait that for... down well with the, and with wait, the Ryobi wait. team cars. Yeah, yeah. We'll get one for Brett as well and just get <laughs> hammering it on him. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think the only real dumb idea I still want to get happening is the is my face on the front oh, of the Oh, man, that's, that's got to happen, man. That's just too good. I love that one. I've just got to find someone that can print yeah, enough of those for I'm a good sure, I'm, Yeah, I'm sure we can find head up, someone. Head up, Desi. He'll be able to sort <laughs> yeah. that out. Sure, Desi yeah. do it. I've actually, <laughs> I've actually got one for you, Shane, that I'll need to speak to you about. It, it does oh, involve yeah. Brent, and I want to get your little intake on it before. Yeah, well, similar, we, we similar won't, thing. Talk about, won't talk about it on this episode. and uh, You don't, but, you don't uh, want my face on a car, put it that way. You want one to go faster, not slower. Oh, it would be yeah. worth putting it on the car. It would be hilarious. We'll just, just chuck Kevin down the side of each car. 
I was thinking, I was thinking <laughs> do you know exactly where I'm going with it? Yeah, man. Yeah, I was just, I was, I'm excited. Brent with the big smile and thumbs up on the bottom. Oh, it just no. Yeah, it's it just creepy. That's just creepy. Yeah. All right. Uh, it turns note, me on. <laughs> uh, definitely on that note, we are going to finish this up. Um, thank you for having a chat with us, Alex. Uh, Brent, a pleasure as always to have you back in the uh, – in that in the in the other host seat and um yeah until next episode um catch you all later thank you chain appreciate it thanks alex now cheers guys just quickly i need to say one big massive thank you to my beautiful partner and my son um they've put up with a lot over the past few years me working away and being time away so i really need to thank them i love you guys and thank you for allowing me to do what i do and on that note, if anyone needs to buy a spew bucket, we'll have them available on BehindTheSport.net. Thank you very much. See you next Shane episode. Shane from Behind the Sport. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you don't already follow us, head on over to Facebook and Instagram. Find us on there. Give us a follow. Or visit our website, BehindTheSport.net. Catch up with the latest motorsport news. Find all of our previous episodes. And, of course, you can leave us comments on those as well. You can also find us on your favourite podcast provider, such as Amazon Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and more. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.